At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio with your host, Sheriff Joe Bags. What is going on, Rams fans? Welcome back to another edition of Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. This episode is brought to you by Audible. And with over 480,000 titles to choose from, you can get a free download right now and a free month of Audible. All you need to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash Showcase. I am Joe Branham, also known as Sheriff Joe Bags, laying down the law for you guys here today. We don't have a whole ton of news to get into, so I did kind of uh, pad out the, the the game preview this week, the Seahawks at Rams, so we can get a little bit more time with you guys. I didn't want to just go short on you guys for no real reason, except for the fact that it's kind of a light news week. Uh, let's go ahead and start, though, with some transactions. You know how the Rams have had a little bit of trouble with the edge rusher position? Well, Dante Fowler definitely helped that. And I personally am super excited about this next move. The Rams have finally activated Obaniah Okoronkwo to the active roster. He started the, the uh, season on the PUP list, the physically unable to perform list. He's back. He's good to go. And in that move, in bringing him on to the active roster, the Rams had to make some kind of move. So linebacker Trayvon Young, another rookie, uh, has been waived. So Obanaya Okoronkwo in and Young is out for right now. So uh, a little bit of shifting going on. But I don't think we've had a week yet this year that there that we didn't see some shifting happen. So uh, this shouldn't come to a, as a surprise to anybody. And especially Okoronkwo, uh, of course he is a rookie, so we haven't seen him on an NFL field yet. He didn't even get to play in preseason, but uh, what's exciting is this kid was pretty good at Oklahoma, so I know that there's a lot of fans really excited to see this kid out on the field. Uh, I'm definitely one of those. I'm just one of those fans who is really excited to to watch Okoronkwo uh, rush some passers, and he gets to start against a pretty fun one for Rams fans to watch, and that's Russell Wilson. The Rams seem to to get Russell Wilson pretty often. So uh, Trayvon Young was added to the practice squad in in a move that uh, that basically he just he's now going to stay with the team. The Rams also did add guard J.J. Dealman to the practice squad. Those coming after uh, the Rams did terminate tackle Rick Leonard and defensive end Javon Roland Jones uh, from the practice squad. So now we are back to 10 with Young and Dealman coming on. Uh, some news and notes for you guys. After defeating the Cardinals 34-0 to at home earlier this year, that was the first uh, home game uh, for the Rams this year, the Rams are averaging just a 7-point victory at home. But at the same time, those are against some pretty good opponents, the Chargers, Vikings, and Packers, and then, of course, the Cardinals. Those are all the four wins that the Rams have at home this, this year so far. 
Uh, Akeem Tlaib, cool note here, is set to return week 11. The Rams' bye week is week 12, so it looks like we just have two more Tlaibless games until he is back on the field. Akeem Tlaib. So that'll be that'll be fun to watch. Um, I, I'm excited for Tlaib to come back. It seemed like our secondary was just so much better when Tlaib was was on the field. So hopefully, you know, we do have some two two offenses that that have the ability uh, to put up some good numbers and especially through the air. So after that, of course, you know, there's that there that trip with Chicago and Detroit and all those. Uh, but Tlaib will be back for that. So that's going to be really awesome. Uh, the Rams also, this is kind of a, just a fun note for you guys and, and something I don't, it's just, it's just fun to think about, you know? So the Rams did obviously trade for Dante Fowler. Um, but the Rams before that inquired about Jadavion Clowney and Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes from the Bears and Clowney, of course, from the Texans. Everybody knows Clowney, I feel like. So, uh, that could have been interesting, but Dante Fowler, I'm not mad about this move. I've, I've seen some, uh, some different talking heads kind of bashed this move, but I, I I tend to disagree. I think that Dante Fowler is a really strong move. I think that, you know, he was a very high pick and that was for a reason. And, you know, of course, his his rookie year, he didn't play for, with that torn ACL. But I think he's been a productive player. And I disagree with some of the people saying that he's too selfish to play for this Rams team. I think he's absolutely a a, a, a vital part and a, and a good addition to the, to this defense. I think that adding Dante Fowler does make the Rams defense better. Uh, it's going to take a few weeks, I think, until we really see that. I would say after the bye week is when we'll really see him hit his stride. Uh, but, you know, these next two games against some mobile quarterbacks, maybe I think he has a chance to, to do some pretty cool things. Uh, there was a small amount of interest from the Rams per reports uh, on Bruce Irvin, but with minimal cap space, a push was not made. So, so no Bruce Irvin for the Rams. We do get, of course, Obanai Okoronkwo back. And I'm I'm going to keep talking about this because I'm pretty excited about this move. And I think that Okoronkwo, I said this a few weeks ago, like what if the Rams edge rush is, is like the, the biggest weak spot on this team? You can say secondary. I'm still going to go edge rusher uh, even with adding Fowler. I'm still going to say edge rusher for now considering Rams weren't able to get any sacks last week against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, but what if... Okoronkwo is that guy that can completely spark it in his in his absolutely amazing rushing the passer. So that's something that we're going to be able to see here pretty soon. Uh, right now, though, we're going to go ahead and hop right in. That, that is it for the news. So we're going to hop right into Seahawks at Rams. The Seahawks sit at 4-4. Four and four. The Rams now 8-1 and one with that loss against the New Orleans Saints. This game kicks off at 1.25 p.m. L.A. time. This game is on CBS. Kind of interesting for an NFC versus NFC matchup, but we kind of seen that in the last few years, so shouldn't be too crazy of a surprise to most people. Uh, a pretty large area again, and this is the third week in a row that in Colorado Springs and Fountain, which is where I'm at, uh, that the game will be televised. So I know that if if the game's televised for me, there's a good chance that the game is televised for you. So make sure you guys check out the Ram Showcase Facebook page. Uh, if you guys want to check out the distribution map, see if it's in your county because it breaks it up pretty nicely. And uh, if you guys aren't being able to see this game, you'll see the Dolphins and Packers. Unless you got like Sunday ticket or anything. I know there's always people with those comments. Uh, so you can you can watch the game. All right, do it. Do the thing. Go watch the game. Uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo will be on the call. Right now, the Rams are favored by 10 points. That is where it opened. The over-under is at 50.5 for you betters. 
And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say over, go over on this one. I think the the over under last week, I think it it kick off. It was like fifty six and a half, and I think if you went on under on that one, you're bad at betting, and you should probably just rein it in. Now the weather for this game, it looks like it'll, it'll be about seventy five at kickoff and about sixty five at the game's end. And it doesn't look like we're getting any precipitation, zero percent chance uh, all day on Sunday in Los Angeles. A uh, little bit of the matchup here. The Rams are 4-0 and at home with those wins against the Cardinals, Vikings, Chargers, and Packers. And then the Seahawks are 3-2 and on the road, so have a winning record on the road, which means they have a losing record at home, which is really interesting for the Seahawks. I'd like to see, I'd have to look up when the last time that happened was. Now let's take a look at the Seahawks offense versus the Rams defense total. Uh, total offense, the Seahawks are 26th in the league. Rams defense now 13th. That did drop. Of course, the Rams were 9th going into last week. Passing the football, uh, 27th for the Seahawks offense, 14th for the Rams defense. That is also down. And running the football, the Seahawks are 3rd in the NFL, and the Rams defense is 13 against the run. Point score, the, the Seahawks are putting up 23.5, and, and that ranks 17th. And the Rams are giving up 22.2. That ranks 10th, so still top 10 scoring defense for the Los Angeles Rams, despite giving up 45 points. Rams offense versus the Saints or the Seahawks defense. The Rams are first in offense now, which is totally cool to see. The Seahawks defense is seventh, so they still do have a strong defense. Uh, passing the football, the Rams are fifth, and the Seahawks defense is sixth in the league, so a really strong matchup there. Running the football, this is where the Rams have a big edge. First still in the NFL, running the football, and the Seahawks defense is 21st. Points scored, the Rams are putting up 33.2, down from 33.3 from a week ago, but that's now 7th in the NFL instead of 3rd, which is where that 33.3 was at going into last week. And the Seahawks defense giving up 19.5 points per game, that is tied for 5th in the NFL. Uh, Just some cool notes for you guys. With a win, the Rams would need just one more win to clinch the NFC West as they would hold a 5-game division lead with six games remaining. So if the Rams do win this game and the Rams do beat the Chiefs on Monday night, which will be a fun one to watch in Mexico, uh, the Rams could clinch the division as early as week 11. And I don't know exactly when the earliest division clinch in NFL history has been, but I don't know. This is gonna. This got to be close, right? It's got to be close. I mean, week 11, that's amazing, especially in the 16-game format, is what, which is what we're at uh, right now. In order to win the division, the Rams would need to, or in order to lose the division, the Rams would need to lose five of their last six, and the Seahawks would need to win out. So uh, it's looking pretty strong. It's just a matter of timing now when the Rams will actually clinch the division. But being eight and one at this point in the season, where we're going into Week Ten, and with the second place team being four and four, which is the Seahawks, uh, the the chances are, uh, they're strong. All right, I don't want to say they're a hundred percent because we've seen some pretty crazy things happen in the NFL, but I would say it's as close to 100% as you can get in week 10, but I, I, I actually, I didn't, I didn't write down the official numbers, but it, it is close to like 90, 98%. Uh, let's see here, at EA Madden NFL, for those of you that are on Twitter, uh, this Twitter handle is giving away, uh, I believe it's three or four tickets to this Rams and Seahawks game, so all you need to do is go to at Madden NFL and uh, retweet and post some kind of comment and you're entered to win so make sure you do it i've done it on all three of my accounts 
just because I can. And uh, if I happen to win, then we'll we'll definitely be doing another contest here, and uh, I'll be giving those away to somebody. Let's see here. Uh, One more interesting note for you guys. Uh, or two more, I guess. Seahawks like the back shoulder fades, and this is something that I've kind of just noticed uh, in watching some of their games, uh, that they really like those, and I think that that could be an issue for the Rams cornerbacks, Troy Hill and Marcus Peters, of course, uh, being those starters. And then we do have Sam Shields that hopefully will be more healthy, less fluey this week, and uh, Nickel Roby Coleman also a lot, but uh, but we need to watch out for that. That's definitely something we need to watch out for. This is something that's usually easier to see in a zone, uh, but the Rams do like the man-to-man coverage. That's uh, a Wade Phillips thing. And then uh, Seahawks running back Chris Carson may not play in this game due to a hip injury that he sustained against the Los Angeles Chargers last week. He did have 116 yards rushing against the Rams in Week 5. Let's take a look at some keys to victory for the Rams. Establish the ground game. All right, so this is going to be a time of possession battle again this is going to be another one of those where if you're holding on to the ball and your defense is off the field that's a good thing especially right now in the state of the Rams defense which I really don't think is as bad as people think the the loss last week didn't necessarily crush my spirits like it did most fans and I'm not saying that to take shots at anybody or anything like that but I mean this team is still eight and one we lost at the New Orleans Saints who haven't lost since week one in a pretty tight game, we kind of let the first half get away from us and and then, of course, came back. But I think in this game, establishing that ground game early on, you know, the Rams really weren't weren't running the football a whole lot in this game, so or in this last game. So I would like to see that kind of established, win that time of possession battle, especially in the first half. On defense, get to Russell Wilson. This is something that the Rams have done pretty well. About a third of Russell Wilson's career sacks have been against the Rams. And when you think about that, that's actually kind of amazing that the Rams are able to do uh, so well against Russell Wilson. I mean, he plays against uh, so many different teams a year. What is it? You know, 12 different teams a year, I believe, something like that, or 13, and something like that. I I, I don't know why that's a, just escaping me right now, but uh, plays against a decent amount of teams every year, all right? And then, you know, you got the the Niners and the Cardinals, obviously, and the the Rams are just able to get to Russell Wilson. I don't know exactly what it is, but but it's able to work. And I think that in this game in particular, getting to Russell Wilson, not letting him extend those plays, because uh, that's where Russell Wilson hurts you. He doesn't hurt you on the initial play design. He hurts you when the play breaks down. His wide receivers, you know, come back to him or, or make a move, and they're open, and he is still wiggling around back there, and and, get, and can get the ball out of his hands. Uh, for the Seahawks, keys to victory: establish the pass game and back up the Rams linebackers. So in order to run the football, uh, you're going to need to get our linebackers kind of backed up a little bit. And establishing the pass game against this secondary uh, will be an important part for the Seahawks. And then on the defense, uh, kind of similar thing, uh, get to Jared Goff. If the, if the Seahawks are able to get to Jared Goff and really rattle him, uh, what we've seen is this Rams offense, as talented as it is, as explosive as it is, it's very timing-based. And when teams are able to get pressure on Jared Goff or kind of throw him off his rhythm, uh, that's where we run into two offensive problems. But we have, of course, only had two games scoring under 30 points this year, which is really good. Uh, some matchups to keep an eye on. So uh, both of the right guards on the depth chart for the Seahawks, DJ Fluker and Jordan Simmons, are questionable in this game. That could be a pretty heavy matchup for Aaron Donald. And that's usually where he's lined up is, is over the right guard. 
I think that this could be a, a game where we look at Aaron Donald and we're like, man, this kid's a freak. Uh, it was unfortunate last week, you know, Drew Brees was able to elude Aaron Donald. I'm not sure if anybody's been able to do that uh, as consistently as, as Brees has been able to do in that last game, at least. Uh, Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett going deep against Marcus Peters and Troy Hill. This is definitely a concern. And, you know, something that I was seeing in last week's game uh, for the Seahawks against the Chargers was that they were going deep on first down. So you can't even necessarily put out your run stuffers on first down because they could just go deep on you. So it's going to it's gonna be a matchup problem for the Rams as far as personnel goes uh, because the Seahawks do like to do that. And then I want to see Okoronkwo and Fowler against the Seahawks left tackle Dwayne Brown and right tackle Jermaine Ifidi. And uh, if the Rams can find that, that edge rush that has kind of been an issue all year, uh, then I think that this game could be drastically changed, and the rest of the year could be drastically changed if the Rams are able to generate a very strong edge rush, and especially with that defensive line. When you have Michael Brockers, Aaron Donald, and Adamic and Sue in the middle, if we can get an edge rush, I mean, that's that's almost lights out right there. I mean, what, what quarterback is going to want to play against that? Um, let me see. The history. I, I went a little light on the history this week because you, I do the history every single week, and over the course of doing this, and you guys listen to me pretty regularly, I do have a, a lot of you guys that, that that were here in week five, so I'm not going to go too intense on the history. Uh, Seattle does lead the all-time series 23-18, and 18, uh, so five more victories for the Seahawks over the Rams than we have on them. The most recent game, obviously week five, is a 31-33 to 30, uh, 33 victory at the Seahawks, so the Rams were able to pull off the two-point win if you guys remember this game, it was actually really exciting. The Rams uh, did the QB sneak with Goth uh, to close it out to end the game, which was really awesome. Total points scored in this matchup, the Seahawks have put up 885, and the Rams have put up 826, so pretty close. But I'm not sure that the Rams are going to outscore the Seahawks by, what is that, uh, 59 points? I don't, I'm not sure that that's going to happen in this game, so uh, it's going to take us a little bit of time. But the Rams have won. Uh, five of the last seven so there's definitely the shift that's happening uh the, the Seahawks obviously kind of owned this division for for quite some time uh, but that's definitely shifting towards the Rams especially I think that the I think the main shift was last year that 42 to 7 victory at Seattle that was more it's it wasn't like they're giving up the division it was that the Rams took it and now it's ours and we just have to keep on proving it that's something that it will never end. You got to keep on proving that you own that division. And so that's something the Rams are going to try to do this week. Uh, three guys from each team to keep an eye on. For the Rams, we have Jared Goff had a strong game in New Orleans uh, despite the loss. Had 339 pass yards, three touchdowns, one interception. That one interception, that was a tough one. Uh, it was just a great play by Anzalone. He made the cut and he was going one way. And then once the ball was thrown... Once he saw uh, Goff, in, I almost said Bradford, uh, once he saw Goff in that motion, was able to turn around and get his hands on the ball. So really just a great play by Anzalone, not a bad pass by Jared Goff. Uh, Brandon Cooks. Cooks really seemed uh, that he had something to prove last week in New Orleans, and that is awesome. But what I want to see is a backup performance to that at home against a team that he used to not play for. I want to see Brandon Cooks just absolutely light it up and be all over the place and have that that fire that he, he played with against the Saints uh, in a game that's not against the Saints. That's what I'm looking for this week. Uh, so, so for Brandon Cooks to to continue that success. 
And I, I also have uh, Dante Fowler. Uh, the Rams made the trade, obviously, and Fowler played over 60% of the snaps against the Saints. I said that he wouldn't play over 70% and kind of nailed it because obviously he didn't. But uh, over 60%, that's a lot of snaps, but was not able to get a sack. Uh, did have that tackle for a loss. That was his lone tackle of the day. On the Seahawks side, Russell Wilson, obviously, if Drew Brees was able to pick up first downs with his legs, the Rams need to do a better job of containing that pocket and getting to the quarterback. Of course, no sacks last week. Uh, so against Russell Wilson, you absolutely have to get him to the ground. You have to rattle him. You have to make him uncomfortable. And you have to not let him get out of the pocket. And, uh, you know, a spot that the Rams have kind of, in recent weeks, kind of been giving up to quarterbacks is right up the middle. That edge comes around and there's wide open spot up the middle. So I'd like to see that uh, shifted as well. And then Frank Clark. Rams have had a difficult time against really strong pass rushers. Even with Andrew Whitworth and Roger Saffold, these really strong players uh, on the offensive line, uh, Frank Clark is absolutely one of the best pass rushers in the league right now, if you're asking me. He's a very talented guy, and he's quietly just doing an awesome job, seems like, every single week. But no one's really talking about him, at least nothing that I'm seeing is people talking about him. I'm sure there's Seahawks fans going nuts about this kid. Uh, and then Doug Baldwin. Baldwin can take the top off the defense at just about any time. And uh, he tends to do so after the the Seahawks kind of try to run the ball a few times. They go on some short passes. And then out of nowhere, when you least expect it, deep ball to Doug Baldwin. So that's what I'm kind of keeping an eye on this week. And Doug Baldwin, he and Russell Wilson together, they just seem to get it. And they, they seem to, when the play is broken down, you have to keep an eye on Baldwin. You can't just... You can't just keep your eye on Russell Wilson, see where he's going. Uh, you have to stick to your wide receiver. And that's what, that's one thing, uh, that's a big part of beating the Seahawks is after the play's broken down or over, uh, you stick with your receiver. You let those, you let those defensive linemen and linebackers get after the quarterback. And uh, in the secondary, you have to stay with your guy. Uh, so that is going to do it for the, the, the Rams and Seahawks preview. On the other side, though, we do have some fan quesos. We got some pretty good fan quesos for you guys, so don't go anywhere. For the latest news, player updates, and information, go to Elite NFC West. The team at Elite brings a mixture of personalities to the table. With Smitty's live Q&As, you get the chance to have your football questions personally answered right there on the spot, as well as throw down with some of the most knowledgeable admins of each team in the West. From video blogs to stats, prediction, historical facts, and yes, even trash talk. Elite NFC West has you covered. Like us on Facebook today and represent. Now is the time to get your voice heard. Sports War Radio is now accepting applications for driven and knowledgeable sports fans who want to start their very own podcast about their favorite team. Sports War Radio has an international audience and is growing fast. Don't miss the chance to become the go-to news source for your favorite team. Email sportswarradio at gmail.com and tell us why you would be a great addition to our team. Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. This program is simulcast on WRPR Rat Pack Radio. Go to RatPackSports.com for more information.
Welcome to Sports War Radio, the premier all-encompassing sports radio talk on the web. Sports War Radio has something for every fan of every sport. Get the fan perspective on all the news surrounding your favorite teams. Don't miss any of the action. Follow Sports War Radio on Twitter and Facebook. Catch all of the action at Spreaker.com slash Sports War Radio. Remember, folks, Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. And now back to the Rams Showcase with your host, Sheriff Joe Baggs. Welcome back to Ram Showcase, right here on Sports World Radio. If you have not already, make sure you guys follow all of the Ram Showcase social media. And that's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. The second I hear about news, I post it there. That's where it goes. That's the the first the first place I go. And uh, it is all news. You're not going to hear a bunch of my opinions I just give you guys all the information possible. You guys are smart enough to come up with your own opinions, so I want to do that for you. I just want to let you have your own opinions. We can have discussions and stuff, too. That's totally cool with me. Um, as long as they're civil, then I have no issues kind of having arguments <laughs> with with fans. So so make sure you guys do it. If there's anything I say here uh, that you guys don't don't uh, agree with, then just just message me. Let's 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 talk it out. You know, let's let's hear some points. I want to hear your points, and I'll, I want to let you know mine. Let's have a discussion. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and hop right into fan quesos, though. Now, this first one comes from Greg. Will the Rams finally bench Peters after another horrible performance? Would you? Uh, no, the Rams are not gonna bench Marcus Peters. Uh, that's just not gonna happen. I, I know that it's frustrating, and I know that sometimes some things that he does can be frustrating and I imagine for certain media people they probably don't like talking to him I mean he's pretty aggressive in his press conferences so uh but no I wouldn't either uh because Marcus Peters is absolutely an all pro yeah he is kind of playing poorly right now uh but if you watch his press conference I believe him when he says that he's gonna turn it around I really do that's just who he is he's he's a kind of obnoxious guy uh but I think he's going to turn around. At first, I was like super mad at Peters. I did take Marcus Peters off of my cover photo on my personal Facebook page. I went back to what I had before. Uh, but no, I wouldn't bench Marcus Peters, uh, mainly because who do you bench him for? Do you bench him for Troy Hill and, you know, Sam Shields, who when Sam Shields started outside, he didn't really look that strong. Uh, Dominique Hatfield, is that who you play instead of instead of Marcus Peters? So no, I don't think that, that you can bench Marcus Peters. Uh, the next couple here come from John. John wants to know, uh, has the Rams defense improved on, under Wade Phillips in the past one and a half seasons in comparison to the final two seasons under Greg Williams? I don't know if I would say that the Rams necessarily improved or, or, or got worse, but I would say it's definitely a different feel. This Rams defense feels very different from, from when it was under Greg Williams. They seemed a little bit more I guess stout under, under Greg Williams right here. They seem a little bit more finesse under, under Wade Phillips. So I, I wouldn't say that they've gotten better or worse uh, under Wade Phillips. I would just say it's very different. And I'm not 100% sure that we have all of the personnel that Wade Phillips needs to run his defense the way that he runs his defense. If you look at the Denver defense, they had three 
straight up lockdown corners uh, in Talib, Chris Harris, and in Bradley Roby. They could all handle one-on-one coverage by themselves. And I don't think that the Rams have that right now. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't think that, you know, I think that there's ways to adjust for that. And I think Wade Phillips is adjusting for that. But at halftime, he needs to do that before the game starts. He needs to understand what's going on before the game starts. Stop making these halftime adjustments. And that's when we play good. So if you take away the blown coverage by Peters, the Rams really only only were supposed to, I guess, give up three points in that second half compared to 35 in the first half. I think the defense stepped up big time in the second half. Uh, aside from that that deep touchdown pass, of course, but uh, I I, w- I want to see I want to see these hap- these things happen. I want to see the ga- the Rams start games on defense really strong, not come out of halftime against uh, against teams really strong. And second one here from John: Will any of the remaining opponents score forty plus points? I don't think so. I think that this was not only a wake up call for. For the players, I think it was a wake-up call for Wade, and Wade Phillips doesn't give up 45 points in a game, you know what I mean? So I think that he understands what happened, and and the Saints' offense, don't get me wrong, the Saints' offense is amazing. Uh, They're not 45 points amazing on the Rams' defense. They're not 45 points on a Wade Phillips-led defense with playmakers. They're not that good, so the Rams' defense did do pretty poor. But if you only give up 10 points in the second half, if the Rams would have only given up 10 points in the first half— I mean, that's a win for the Rams right there. I mean, the Rams were able to put up the points. So uh, I would say, I don't know, man. It's That's a hard one. <laughs> These defensive questions can can be can be a little difficult, but I, I think it's going to be fine. I, I think that I think that the rest of the year, uh, I think that, that that scoring average that the Rams are giving up, uh, which is 22.2, I think we'll, we'll see that go down by the time the season's over. Let's see here. Next one here is from Nick. Nick wants to know, do you see the loss to the New Orleans Saints prove that prove the Rams have some heated competition in the NFC, or do you see them getting revenge later on in the playoffs? Uh, first of all, I think that the Rams have had, they've had heated competition in the NFC this entire time. If the Rams would have won, it would have put them pretty decently in first place. Uh, but the Rams are still in first place in the NFC right now. So I mean, the Rams still kind of control... I mean, not necessarily their own destiny, because if they win out and the Saints win out, of course the Saints would have the top seed, but I don't think either of these teams are going to win out. Not necessarily. I think that both teams have some pretty tough games ahead, so I, I think it's it's ultimately going to come down to wins and losses and not that head-to-head battle, like most people think. Uh, but I think that the the NFC has been loaded. You know, I you can't sleep on the Eagles. I think the Eagles are, are still a pretty talented team. I expected a little bit of a dip, but... I don't know if I was expecting this much of a dip, uh, but I think that they're going to come on strong late, later in the season. And then, of course, you got the Panthers, who are who are doing really well right now. The Saints haven't lost since Week One, and that was a forty to forty eight shootout against the Buccaneers and and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, so I, I think that the the Rams have always had heated heated competition in the NFC uh, so far this year. And and I mean the Packers, they they put up a good game against the Rams, but ultimately. There's like three teams in the NFC that are really, really good, and you could you could argue that there's more that are you know potential wreckers. You know, you got the Vikings, maybe the Packers. I'm not sure if the Packers are really gonna gonna do too much, but the Vikings are are definitely in there. A, a team like the Falcons, they seem to be able to win every week. They're not gonna win week out, week in and week out, but 
uh, I think that the NFC is very strong, and it's going to be a, it's going to be tough. I think that uh, I think I think either way, the Super Bowl goes to the NFC this year. I think that that's okay to say. I, I'm I'm pretty confident saying that the Super Bowl goes to the NFC. This next one here comes from John. Uh, if you let Joyner sit this game, who would take over his position? For some reason, he isn't the same player he was last year. Uh, if I if if I let Joyner sit. First of all, I've lost my mind, but I think Marquis Christian would take over that role. Uh, but he, you say he's not the same player he was last year. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to. I don't see any issues in LaMarcus Joyner's play. Of course, he did give up that touchdown to uh, to Kamara when he was in one-on-one coverage, but he got picked. He ran into Marquis Christian on that play and was kind of taken out of the play. And by the time that he was able to recover, it was just kind of too late. Uh, so I don't know if uh, if I'm necessarily seeing the exact same thing that you're seeing, and I would like some clarity, and I would like some 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 specific plays uh, that you can point out to me uh, that Mark that Lamarcus Joyner just isn't playing well because he's absolutely one of the Rams' strong points in the secondary, and I definitely don't see. I, I would hate to to move on from Joyner, and I would hate to see him him not in on the field, especially if he was healthy. This one comes here from Cody. If the Rams won, would I have gotten jumped Saturday Sunday? Uh, Cody was at the game. Uh, no, man. I think the Saints Saints fans are, are pretty cool. Um, if if I can leave Denver completely unhurt, then you can leave New Orleans completely unhurt, man. Come on. Those Denver fans are pretty obnoxious. Uh, even I even had D- Broncos fans talking trash to me about this last game in the, the Saints game. I mean... That's how ridiculous these fans are. And I was there at their home after a win, after the Rams won a pretty tight game. So, I mean, it was, it was fun to watch and stuff. But, but uh, no, I would say you'd be all right, Cody. You'd be all right. Next one from Cody. Is Marcus Peters hurt or a bad fit for the system since he never really was a press corner before? Uh, more of a zone read CB with uh, safety help. Uh, I, don't, I don't actually, you know what? Marcus Peters was asked uh, if he was still feeling that injury. And he got very upset, which honestly led me to believe that, yeah, he is still hurt, that he's still feeling it. And honestly, uh, his reaction, because he reacted so strongly to being asked if his ankle was still bothering him, that it made me think that his ankle's still totally bothering him. Uh, if he would have been, if he would have re- like kind of relaxed and just been like, no, man, it's fine. Like that, of course, that's not an issue. Then I would have kind of believed him a little bit more. I know that Marcus Peters is generally a more aggressive I- interviewer, but... Uh, I, I think that that his specific response, because he, he snapped kind of at the at the reporter who asked that question, uh, that made me believe that he's still dealing with it. And I want to believe Marcus Peters, but I just don't. His reaction, he was very aggressive in his reaction. He's usually aggressive in in almost every question that that these reporters ask him. But but with the way that he responded and kind of attacked that reporter, made me think that yeah, his ankle is absolutely still hurting him. Uh, next one here from Cody. Cody, loving the the load up here, man. These next like five are from you. This is awesome. Um, let me see here. Is it just me or are people overreacting about our secondary? Seeing a lot of Joiner sucks, and uh, but he isn't he one of the best safeties in coverage in the league? Yeah, he absolutely is one of the better safeties in coverage in the league. So I'm not sure exactly if everybody's seeing the same things. Uh, I'm seeing our corners not playing well, but I see Lamarcus Joiner. He's doing fine. And especially when you're the free safety, I mean, there's only so much you can do, uh, especially when when there's a single high safety. And, and against the play that, that Peters got beat deep, uh, the, the single high safety was Johnson. So Joyner wasn't anywhere to anywhere around that. And 
Uh, I think right now the big issue is communication. I don't think any of these players are bad players, uh, but what we're seeing even on that play, if you look at the replays, uh, Marcus Peters is trying to communicate with other people as the ball's being snapped. The ball is snapped, and then he's got to try to you know adjust, and, and basically he, he kind of lost half a step on that because he was still trying to communicate with other players. I think communication is going to be a big key for the secondary moving forward, and it definitely it has to improve. The Rams cannot just let teams throw the ball all over them. You can't win in the NFL like that because the, the NFL is a passing league anyway. If you just let people pass all over you, you're not going to get a lot of stuff done. So I think that that communication is really what's struggling right now. And I think that, I mean, if, if you want one coach, if you have one defensive coordinator in the NFL that you want to handle something like that, I think it's got to be Wade Phillips. So hopefully that gets addressed. Hopefully the communication is is a known issue for the Rams and that that gets that gets fixed. Uh, but no, I wouldn't say the Joiner is. I wouldn't say Joiner sucks. I mean, kid's a kid's an awesome player, and he always gives it 110, percent which is nice. Uh, next one here from Cody. Colin Coward says that Sue Peters Fowler are all are are play just for themselves. Uh, that was a weird one. Okay, hold on, Cody. Basically, your question says Colin Coward says that Sue Peters and Fowler are all kind of selfish guys. Uh, and then McVeigh and Wade have gotten through to them or, whoa, man. All right. I'm trying to decode this real quick. But, okay. Basically, I'm just going to, I'm just going to edit your comment live right here. Uh, Colin Coward says that Sue Peters and Fowler are selfish. Do you think Wade <laughs> has done enough to get through to them? Wade and McVeigh. Um, I think that so far it's been fine. You know, I was kind of a little put back by Marcus Peters, uh, his, his press conference. Lots of cursing, lots of aggression, but you know what? It's fine. You know what I mean? He's just a, he's, he's a fired up player. That's just kind of how he is. Uh, I'm not necessarily concerned about that. Uh, I would like to just see him play better and I, I'm sure he would like to see him play better. And so would Wade Phillips. Now, I'm not just alone here. I'm not just some jerk in Colorado who's like Marcus Peters needs to play better. I think everybody sees it. Everybody knows that. Uh, Sue, I don't see, I haven't seen anything from Sue this year that would lead me to think that, that he's being selfish this year. I think he kind of came to this team with the understanding that, you know, he, it's not about him. He came here so that he could win games and we're doing that right now. Of course, I mean, the most recent game wasn't a win, but we're still eight and one. How many teams can say that in the NFL right now? Not a whole lot. So I think that the, the we're doing okay. We're doing fine. Uh, Sue has done an awesome job. Peters, I think he's just getting frustrated, and I think one good game or an interception or something can completely change everything about what we're thinking about Peters. And I think if he had a press conference after that, it would change our minds on a lot of things. Fowler, I just don't. We haven't seen enough of him with us yet. But yeah, you're right, Colin Coward. I I watch Colin Coward all the time. I'm a big fan of Coward, uh, but personally, but he did say that. I mean, that that Fowler is kind of a me guy, and that doesn't really fit with this team. But I think that. I think that with what the Rams have going on right now, players come here with the understanding of, okay, it's not about me right now. It's about winning football games. Doesn't matter what I'm doing as long as we're winning games. I mean, of course, you do your part, but I think that's the big thing right now. Uh, Cody also wants to know, who's the most underrated Ram and the most overrated Ram? I think that the most underrated Ram is still Roger Saffold. I don't know what it is about this guy, but every time anything happens to him, in any capacity, everybody's like, well, he's injury prone. He's played every game for years now. He's not injury prone anymore. It's fine. 
just relax. And I'm going to say, honestly, I think the most overrated player might be uh, John Sullivan or Andrew Whitworth. Whitworth has been a brick wall, has had an absolutely amazing career, and is 100% one of the top corners, uh, well, not corners, uh, left tackles in the league and maybe of all time. Uh, but right now, he's just an old guy, and uh, he's getting older, and he's not the same guy that he was even just last year. So uh, people put a lot of, of weight on on Whitworth, and, and he's in one-on-one a lot, and it's not necessarily working out like it was last year for uh, for this team. Uh, so I went both offensive line there for you, Cody. That was a good one. Uh, Todd Gurley has been historically bad against top five rush defenses what can we do differently to open up the run against good run defenses? I don't necessarily think it's Todd Gurley doing bad. I think it's that when we're playing against a team that is known to be really strong against the run, we just don't do it. Uh, how many carries did he have? Let me look. Let me look really fast. Uh, I'm going to take a take a second here uh, to look at how many carries he did have last week. It wasn't even that many, and of course there was that whole part in it was 13 carries, 13 carries last week. So that's not on Todd. I mean. I'll go back. I want to see his his total, like his averages and stuff. So, five point two yards a carry, and I, so yeah. So I'm just gonna say I don't think it's it's not it's not Todd. He's getting five yards a carry, thirteen uh, carries for sixty one yards and a touchdown. He did not have a bad game. I think what happened is when the Rams play against good defenses, we try to just pass the ball more. I would like to see when we're playing against a good run defense. Uh, I would like to see us just try it more. And what happened to the traps, man? What happened to the trap runs? We're seeing a lot of zone runs this year. A lot more, I feel like, than we saw last year. Uh, but I think that's all it is, man. 13 carries against the, the Saints. I think that that wasn't enough. Of course, the situation's kind of dictated that a little bit. In the second half is usually when you would like to get your running back going. But, I mean, we were down 17-35 at halftime. So, of course, that, that kind of that, that got shifted a little bit. Now, the next one here from Cody is Goff elite? No, not yet. No, absolutely not. Um, he's a very, very good quarterback, but I would not put him as elite just yet. Um, but me personally, I would say in order to be elite and to, for me to say that you're elite, you'd have to have like four or five straight seasons, like consecutive seasons of just being a total baller. Uh, but no, I wouldn't put Goff there just yet. He's, he's a little too young for me to call him elite. I wouldn't call Mahomes elite. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. And I, and I like to see the consistency too. I never called Andrew Luck elite. Uh, he, you know, when he got hurt and stuff as well, you know, this is what happens. And, and then of course, you know, people loved to say that Dak was elite. He didn't do it long enough for me. I never said that Dak was elite. He didn't do it long enough. And, uh, even like Russell Wilson, absolutely. I would put him in there. Drew Brees, obviously, you know, there's, there's players that, that have earned that, but, Right now, you look at some of the young quarterbacks, I wouldn't say Carson Wentz is elite. I wouldn't say that Jared Goff is elite. I wouldn't say, I definitely wouldn't say Dak Prescott is elite. I think that'd be a stupid thing to say, but uh, there's quarterbacks out there playing really strong, but I wouldn't give that elite title to a guy who's just had one strong season or two strong seasons. I want to see like four or five in a row of just straight domination, teams adjusting, and then him adjusting, you know, because that's what we see. Dak Prescott's playing exactly the same he did when he first came into the league. And now teams just know how to stop it, and he hasn't adjusted to that. So no, I wouldn't put him as elite. But Jared Goff, I mean, th- there are some times where where it looks like you know he might slip a little bit, and and then he does something amazing. So 
Uh, ask me that question in like 2020 or 2021, and then I'll let you know. I'll let you know, Cody. Uh, Cody also, uh, give us a good Rams chant. We need one. I am so bad at stuff like that, man. I am not, I'm not one of those guys. Um, I'm not, I'm not a chanter. If that's what you even call that, I'm not, I'm not actually sure. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I'm, I don't even really like the Who's House Rams House thing. Personally, I'm not really a fan of that. It, it kind of just, uh, we were doing it in Denver and I was participating. Uh, but it made me feel a little weird. I don't know what it is. I just felt awkward doing it. Uh, I'm not necessarily a chant guy. Um, you know, I know a lot of fans hate the horns up thing. I've got, I've got listeners here and, and, and friends that just hate the horns up. They just think it's so cheesy and corny and stuff like that. And in Ramley, I, I, I think Ramley's kind of funny, but I don't take it too serious. Like the word itself, I know like a lot of people probably hating me right now uh, with all this stuff I'm saying, but but I just think it's a little corny. That's all I'm saying. It's just a little bit corny. I would like to see something just a little cooler, personally. Um, so I, I'm not the guy to think of it. I'm honestly, I'm not the, the guy to think of it. Mob Squad, I love. Love Mob Squad. Uh, Los Angeles, I think, is corny. But I, I still like it because it's cool. But And it also is not true. The Rams are not Los Angeles. Uh, teams are, we're not locking down anybody right now. We need to really sure that up unless we're, if we're going to call ourselves Los Angeles. Um, I, I know you you said chance, but I just went into a little bit of a tangent there on some other stuff. Uh, Kelsey wants to know, uh, we have the answer on the roster for the run game. His name is Kaiser. We need to get him on the field. I don't know if you said it like that. Kelsey, but I did that for you. I just went ahead and just assumed, I assumed your tone in that one. And I absolutely agree. I actually have a new segment that only, it's now only appearing. I, I did this, I made up my mind as I recorded it. Uh, it's only appearing on the video version. So you can't even, if you're hearing this right now, you can't even watch that segment. Uh, but it's called, oh, what is it called? I forgot the name of my new segment, guys. That's, that's not good. Under the Ridgetop. The Ridgetop is the kind of hat that I have for my sheriff hat. So Under the Ridgetop, and it's basically just a very quick segment of just some things I've been thinking about over the week. And this is literally the topic that I discussed on on that segment this week. And you can watch it on the YouTube video uh, that will be posted onto YouTube on Wednesday night uh, whenever I do get a chance to finish the editing of that and everything. So um, this is literally the topic I talked about, that Micah Kaiser is a great run stuffer, is a known run stuffer, and has been since his college days. And then we have undersized linebackers like Mark Barron. Why wouldn't we, in known run situations and on first down, use a guy like Kaiser, and then in known pass situations and on third down, use a guy like Mark Barron, who's better against the pass and rushing the passer and, and, and covering? Um, so, yeah, that's literally exactly what I talked about, Kelsey, so I'm 100% with you. Uh, Michael wants to know who is the Rams MVP so far in 2018. No question about it, man. This is the easiest question I think I've ever had on the show. It's Todd Gurley. I mean, that guy is absolutely insane. He is the engine in the Rams like sports car or something that that analogy fell apart really fast, but he is what makes the Rams go. He is everything. If Without Todd Gurley, this Rams offense is drastically different and does a lot of different things. Of course, Malcolm Brown, who is a very talented running back, 
We saw him on his uh, super acrobatic touchdown against the Saints. And I, I watched that touchdown. I was like, that's why, okay, okay, we, that's why we haven't seen John Kelly yet. I get it now. It's fine. You know, even though I'm, ex- I'm super excited to see John Kelly. Uh, but it's obviously Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is the reason the Rams are doing so well. Um, he, at least the, I would say at least the biggest portion of why the Rams are doing so well. Of course, you got to look at Sean McVay. He's doing amazing things for the offense. Jared Goff is definitely handling his own. Uh, and the Rams have some really strong receivers behind a strong line. But without Todd Gurley, I think that all of those numbers drop. I think that the, the offensive production drops and I think Todd Gurley is the man. So there we go. Uh, these next few, the last few here come from Jay. Do you, uh, do you really think fixing our, I haven't read these, by the way. These literally popped up as I was reading the, the last, like, I, as I was reading Kelsey's questions, these ones popped in. So I haven't even seen these yet. Uh, Jay wants to know, uh, do you really think fixing our pass defense is as easy as bringing a key back into the fold? Solid question, Jay. Actually, you know what? I really do. I think that a key to lead being that factor and being a guy that, that can hold his own, I think that absolutely is enough to to do amazing things in the secondary. And when Talib was in, we did really good in the secondary. He was he was a very strong part, a very vital piece in that secondary. And I think now it's it sucks that he got hurt and it, it was a bummer that he had to go on to IR. But I almost think it's it's beneficial because I was really worried about him being able to handle the full season at his age. And now he doesn't have to. I think that him coming back, he's going to have five games in the regular season. Then we go to the postseason. I think that's perfect. I think it's absolutely perfect. So I think, no, I I, I think that Tlaib coming back is really going to be a massive difference in the secondary. Uh, number two, I uh, love what I saw from Fowler. What do you see as his best astri- attribute moving forward on our team? I think his best attribute from what I've seen, and you know, I've, I've seen a, a minimum amount of Jags games, uh, but I've seen him obviously play this week for for the Rams. I would say that what I like about him is knowing where other players are on the field. He knew that if he went, you know, like on that play, I'm thinking of a very specific play when he was going after Drew Brees. Uh, he took a route to force Brees into Donald. And I think that that's absolutely his best attribute. He knows where his other his teammates are. And I think that's only going to get better. I think Fowler is an absolutely great pickup for the Rams. Uh, third here, with Jamon Brown gone, do you trust our backup O-lineman? I don't think it matters. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't think it matters. If no one gets hurt, then why do we care about backups? It only is relevant if we need those guys, and I don't think we necessarily do. I think that's why we're so light right now. Uh, our our line, I mean, you know, knock on wood, of course. Let me do it. I'll do that for you. But... I, I just don't see it as, as a big concern. I'm not worried about backups. Uh, as long as our starters are good, I'm good. So I don't think it's really going to hurt us that that much. But do I trust them? Maybe. Maybe maybe not. we got to see them out there. But at the same time, I mean, Austin Blythe was a backup last year. And now look at him. He's the reason Jamon Brown is a giant because he came in and, and played so well. So I'm not overly concerned about any backup position. Like even you, everybody know, here knows how I feel about Sean Mannion. And I'm not even concerned about that because what is the point? If Jared Goff doesn't get hurt, then Sean Mannion's existence doesn't even matter on this team. That probably sounded really harsh. That's a, <laughs> that's okay. I, I stand by it. I stand by that. Uh, and the last question here. Every game is important. Absolutely agree, Jay. 
Uh, which one could be a key win or loss in our remaining schedule and why? Okay, so not a lot of people are with me on this one, and I don't care because I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with my guns. The game I'm most concerned about the rest of this year is the Chicago Bears. Everything that the Chicago Bears do well is stuff that the Rams struggle with. I think that that is absolutely a game that the Rams can lose. It's in Chicago, probably going to be cold. I'm sure it's going to be cold. It's going to be like a it's, a it's a December game in Chicago. I'm sure it's going to be cold. They're going to have Khalil Mack back, and everything they do well is is stuff that we have trouble with. So I 100% think that that's going to be a tough game. I think we can win that game. Absolutely, I think we can win every game. I I could I can pick out every single game and and give you a billion reasons why the Rams will win. But that game does give me a little bit of pause. Just a little bit of pause where I'm like, man, like, I mean, Khalil Mack could absolutely wreck that game. Uh, you know, the Trubisky, honestly, I think that he, and the way that he, he runs that offense, I think he could have a decent day against our secondary. Of course, we'll see with Tlaib coming back and, and what our secondary looks like. We'll, and we'll get, uh, what is, I think we, after the bye, I'm pretty sure we played Detroit first, right? I could be wrong there. Um, uh, but Tlaib coming back will absolutely be a factor, but, um, but I, I, that, that game worries me, man, especially being in the cold. Like we go to Detroit and of course Detroit is a crappy weather place too, but it's a dome. So it doesn't even matter. Um, so yeah, uh, that does it for my fan quesos though. Thank you guys so much for participating. I love these fan quesos. It's, I've been pretty open. This is my favorite segment and, uh, I have a lot of fun with it. I love, uh, when you guys ask for my opinions, I'll totally give them to you, but I'm not going to just unwarranted coming in just coming like a wrecking ball and give you guys all my thoughts you don't want all my thoughts so i'll just put that out there full disclaimer you don't want all my thoughts that's a that's a slippery slope um that is gonna do it for me make sure you guys follow all the ram showcase social media that's at ram showcase on instagram and twitter facebook.com slash ram showcase also make sure you guys subscribe to the ram showcase youtube channel weekly content but unless my computer goes out again that was very unfortunate <laughs> super unfortunate but it's good to go so we're going to have more content uh weekly coming up there and then I'm, I'm also considering doing some extra videos for you guys potentially some extra videos i don't know and maybe i need some help with that maybe i need some extra help doing some uh some ram showcase videos so if you guys if you're an awesome video person maybe hit me up let's see what we can do can't guarantee anything. I say no to a lot of people who want to participate in Ram Showcase things. Um, I'm pretty picky, but maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something we can work on. Make sure you guys follow me on social media as well, at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. My personal profile is Facebook.com slash Rams Joe B. If you guys do add me there, please send me a message, especially if you don't have any mutual friends. I don't like to just add people willy-nilly, but I do absolutely uh, like talking with you guys and talking Rams football and uh, having some more Rams fans on my Facebook. That's just the best. So make sure you guys do that. And again, subscribe to the Rams Showcase YouTube channel. It's going to have some more content coming up there soon. Uh, that is going to do it for me, though. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This is Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. 
by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.